Welcome to the big week. Welcome to the big week. The big we just got bigger. Bigger. It got some other stuff too. We're gonna get into that later. That's right. Bigger, wider, deeper, funnier, more ridiculous. <laughs> all, all of we, all of all of the we that yeah. All of all of What's it. up, y'all? It. It's good to be what in. Are you doing, Calvin. I'm 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 all the things I'm doing. Yeah. I'm doing well. I'm doing you know riding riding the uh, emotions of this moment. Um, uh, it was my first Father's Day yesterday. What? Yeah, yeah. Happy first, first Father's Day. Thank you, thank you. You know, out here on my 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 Baba flex. You know, so I love it. it was it was beautiful. It was also bittersweet. You know, it's my mm-hmm. first Father's Day. But also my first Father's Day without any of the you know, yeah, folks I called father, father, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. My dad had passed, and then I started thinking on it, though, right? Like my dad passed. Uh, the dad who raised me, Roosevelt Maryland Jr. Uh, I thought about my my namesake father uh, who passed before I was born, Calvin Mitchell Jr. <laughs> thought about my grandfather, Calvin Mitchell Sr. Thought about my grandfather on on my mother's side, Narciso Gonzalez, and I start realizing all these things that I do that is a reflection of them and how I show up as a parent to Malik. So I wrote down, it's like, oh, I do the kisses that my grandfather Narciso did for me. I have the boisterous laugh that my grandfather Calvin had with me. I dance the way that my dad danced with my younger sister with Malik. And I uh, see my, my son through our father's eyes. We have the same kind of left eye uh, it's, uh, it's a little <laughs> more squinted than than our our right, and he has the same exact eyes, the wow. same exact eyes. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 able to hold all of what I'm holding in that reflection of gratitude and joy. So um, even the morning, so that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling full of gratitude, joy, uh, even in the midst of mourning, because uh, yeah. Yeah, that this is this too is life. This is what mm-hmm. makes it abundant. It. You know what I mean? So how about you? Um, I mean, before I tell you how I am, I want to right, right. state the obvious that we're three people today. We are three. We haven't been three people since the last episode of season two when Kevin was with us. That's right. Mm. <laughs> Linked. I'm gonna mm-hmm. put the I'm gonna point up here. There'll be a, like a magical link to yeah. <laughs> Kevin Avery. Yeah. Right. Celebrity crush number one. Um. So, so what up, I was joking last week that uh, this was the podcast was really just a way for me to bring on people I had a crush on. Seku was not one of those people. Okay? <laughs> 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 Let's just be clear. Seku, Reverend Seku is here today. Reverend Seku, what's up, Rev? What's up? So, Reverend Seku is one of my best friends in the whole entire world. And one of my oldest friends in the whole entire world. And the reason that I got into politics at all is all Seku's fault. So, welcome to the podcast. How Pleasure are you? Pleasure to be here. 
pleasure. I am really good. I'm in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came uh, to uh, see the top, this uh, Capitol Hill uh, Occupy protest or Capitol, Capitol Hill um, Autonomous Zone. So mm-hmm. it's this liberated space that they've carved out. Uh, and it's... um. I came to see it because I've been thinking about the, this theologically, right? What is the eschaton? Is it the eschaton? Is it the, the, the uh, kind of end of time on, on something else em- emerging in the earth or whatever? And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, uh, our friend uh, Lucila Krenner uh, mm-hmm. talks about it as... Um, the resurrected body, but you can still see the wounds. Mm. Mm. Great. So now y'all know what you're in for for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the brain of Reverend Seku. You know, um, so Seku is a pastor-ish mm. kind of guy. He's my he's my personal Reverend. I don't know of anybody else. He's my Reverend. <laughs> um, he's also an organizer and a training um, and a musician. So we're going to talk Which about- is your fault. It- <laughs> <laughs> Guilty Let's as charged, I accept, and I'm not sorry. Politics is my fault. <laughs> he being in the music industry, it's your fault. Man, I'm okay. thanking you. you. I'm thanking both of y'all for doing that to each other. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I never thought of it that way, but I guess you are right. Yeah, you, are. you know what I'm right. saying? Yeah. Yeah. We've been through. Well, we've been through three records together. Mm. <laughs> Do we do three? Yeah, it's first three. record. It was three. Second one and then the live record. Wow. Wow. Can I get a four? <laughs> oh, fourth one? Oh, I already know you writing songs in the midst of all of this. I know, that's no. right. Hey, no way. No oh, way. honey, it's going to have so much oil no on way. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to be dripping. It's mm-hmm. just going to be greasy when you get to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that <laughs> them freedom fighters out of Nashville, them boys is greasy. Speaking of, yeah, I, I definitely want to connect up about what's happening out in Nashville, too. I got uh, a young ment- a mentee, former student of mine uh, that we met in Mississippi, and he's been asking me about uh, uh, how to stay connected. So shout out to my okay, so my, my young young one, uh, Terrence. Uh yeah, yeah. So he's out there, uh, uh, Nashville. But uh, and then we'll also share out for the folks of the Weavers who, for some reason, no, no, no shame in the game. Like if you're just now being put on to Rev Seku, want to hear the music? We're gonna drop some. Um, uh, actually, what, what would you recommend? It's like a. I mean, you can always go to Spotify, Apple, wherever music sold. There we go. You know what we should do? We should um, actually allow Seku to curate our playlist for this week and have half the songs be his songs and half the songs be his favorite freedom songs with other people. That's what we should do. I co-sign. That'll be fun. Seku, you mind doing that? No, not at all. You know, Sweet. I got a That's thousand playlists. Honey. I, I know a, you do. There we go. I got a, my the favorite jazz playlist right. uh-huh. with, uh, that opens up with uh, uh, Donald Bird's Kofi. Mm-hmm. Word. <laughs> and then it slide into uh into uh Dexter Gordon's one flight up. You so old. Mm. I love it. <laughs> well, the last <laughs> time we spoke, <laughs> huh? The last time we spoke, we talked about uh the the live um uh I forget which where was he? Uh John Coltrane, Leo. 
Yeah, yeah, I got it. So we yeah, got I've been, yeah. also I I got a playlist of just him. I it's got Love Supreme, then Alice Coltrane's Journey, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then that Sun Ra. Uh, oh come uh, on! Now. I got the Sun Ra and the uh, Pharaoh Sanders Karma. This, oh, that's that. intergalactic travel. I'll <laughs> be on another planet with that one. But so yeah. Mm-hmm. There we yeah. go. You need to add some Eric Dolphy to that, and then you'd be complete. Oh, Eric, Derek's so, so, he just so sick. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. just so, so, so. Oh, God. The so, one he does up in an old upper register is, is just magical. It is magical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanna, um, we have a lot to talk to say cool about, Calvin. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I want to move us into the. I didn't tell you how it was. What am I doing? Yeah, how, before yeah. we move. Yeah. Crap. Uh-huh. Um, how am I? Let me let me check in. How am I? How are you? <laughs> I'm weird. I'm weird. I mean, but that's not new. Yeah, oh, don't let me. What is that? Talk about your mama. Okay. <laughs> I mean that's not a you know what's so funny? Thing. I have been I've been saying this all week. I'm like I went from being a weirdo to a visionary overnight. I'm the more I've done more speaking engagements in the last 21 days uh, than I have done in my whole life. Hmm. I'm like oh now y'all oh now y'all see what I've been talking about all week. <laughs> uh, okay. Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm tired. I'm tired because I've been talking a lot. And I also have been dealing with some, with an injury, which I never, ever have. I, I hurt myself somehow. And my shoulder is hurting right now. It's been hurting like for the last two weeks, nonsense. Ouch. And at some point it was hurting so bad that I couldn't sleep or wake me up in the middle of the night. And it just oh, is no. different when you're dealing with physical pain. It's different mm-hmm. than the other things. It's like such, it's so distracting. I can't you know why, you know what it is. Here we go. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh. <laughs> we just old. Wow. I mean, I, wow. <laughs> first of all, <laughs> first of all, first of all, speak for yourself. Second of all, this is the same injury that I had 10 years ago when I was not old, so that's not what But you see, that's the ones that show up. I, I still got an ankle that pops from a... <laughs> Basketball accident that I had at 23 years old. Nah, I'm telling you, my right, hey, this is years ago. I've been hopping around on stages for the past four years, two hours a night, but his right knee hurt me so bad. <laughs> you know what I actually think it is? I actually think it's how much I've been working. Mm. Oh. I've decided that this is the moment that we need to take the leap and I've taken on way more than I probably should and I feel like I'm carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders and my shoulders that ain't like, good. ma'am you need to have a seat yeah. it was so bad the other day that I could not type I had to lift up my one arm oh, no. on top of the keyboard so I could type and my mother was like your body's literally telling you that you should not work and you are jipettling your arm onto the keyboard ma'am what are you doing? So mm. I'm dealing with that. My workaholic tendencies have popped up these days. And I'm like, that sucks. Know, the, 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 the like urgency of the moment with self-care and balance. Mm. I don't have an answer, but that's mm. We should talk on that. 
We should definitely talk about that. Definitely. Especially because I did a whole eight-day series called The Wellness of We. The Wellness of We. Focusing on my own wellness. Mm-hmm. The irony. The but irony. also, part of it is that we are at war. That's right. That's mm. what I, I mean, that's where I am. I'm like, I'm at war. how about this shoulder? Wrap that thing up and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, part, and I'm not saying, you know, don't, you know, but I'm just saying the conditions of a war require something else. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully you done got stored up you was taking care of yourself beforehand and you got something or you got a tradition you can pull on. Yes. Right. That, right. That can, that can kind of keep you sane and sober mm-hmm. and loved and cared for. And it's got rituals attached to it and that kind of thing that you can, you know, be part of your personal life, but also we're at war. It also helps to have a good acupuncturist. <laughs> and a good acupuncturist. <laughs> okay. Because Good my, first, my first day, I went from like probably five percent mobility to all the way like a chicken wing mm. movement. Like, oh yeah, I see. Dr. I see you lifting it. Come oh, on, it's good. Dr. Lee. Yeah, so I'm hey, going back that, as soon as we get off this recording. I'm going back today, and then um, we're gonna see what happens. That uh, that uh, um, yeah, that acupuncture. You know, I had I I got some in Ferguson. Oh, Ooh, not too much. Threw my, uh, threw my hip out running from the police. <laughs> <laughs> no, the war stories that we're able to tell. <laughs> Honey, oh, no. my, threw my hip out that running from the police. <laughs> oh, no. In church shoes. In police. In church shoes. That's all you got is church shoes. It wasn't the running. Them. It was the church shoes. Oh my. I have I have been on the march while I was trying to do too much, trying to be seen with, with with the you know the wingtips and uh, your name is not Martin. You don't need to have the wingtips while you marching. No reason. No reason. No reason. No. No reason. No. I'm saying Italians make some wonderful shoes, but them motherfuckers running from hilarious. the police is not on the label. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I'm just think I'm just thinking of what what movement shoes for the walkout, right? What movement shoes will be out there with for real? You know what I'm so, saying you better have on some baby. You better have on some with some cushion in it. Some cushion, <laughs> some cushion and some grip. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, Jesus. Okay. Can't wear no Yeezys to the, to the protest. Nah, nah. Yeah, yeah. I've you got to have some on. You might want some, some nurses <laughs> with some travel. You may want them guys with and some the, shoals, uh, extra bus- cushion, and some Velcro in them. Not, I can't with you. I don't know whose idea was it to bring this man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. <laughs> You know, this lightweight reminds me of, uh, I got to give a shout out to some of our mutual friends, uh, uh, Terry Marshall, Aisha Schillingford of Intelligent Mischief. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They had a re-release of um, at least a vignette that they've done for the Black Body Survival Guide. And I I love it. It's it's this comedic, surreal, Afro-surrealist acknowledgments of how do I survive in this Black Mm -hmm. body, in this time, Mm -hmm. in this country. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, I will we'll drop it in in uh, the in Weverse chat, sure. in the Twitter, Facebook. Uh, but 
there are some real interesting tips about uh, how how one could survive these times pending revolution. Yeah. So, so good. Yeah. So good. That's a fantastic segue, Calvin, into the pop three. So, Seku, I don't know. I'm sure you listen to every episode of our podcast, but just in case you forgot, <laughs> our pop three is when we talk about three things in pop culture that we think are important for people to be paying attention to right now. So, we're going to talk about no, all pop three. And you don't, <laughs> clever, huh? Clever. Hey, I come I'm a recovering hotel. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> Black Queen. <laughs> You know, that's a warning for me. When the man comes up to me and says black queen, I'll be like, uh uh-uh, uh, what you want? Because <laughs> I already know. But mess. Gonna be some mess. But we'll talk more about that later. Okay, number All one right. on my top three list. Let's talk about Juneteenth, 2020. Oof. June 19th, 2020. June 19th, 2020. I have never in my life. <laughs> I feel like Juneteenth is a new Black History Month. <laughs> it's like going to be the thing that everybody was like, let's have, let's call Reverend Sekou to come and talk to us on Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. I did I, three different speaking engagements on Juneteenth, y'all. Wow. Mm. Wait. Three different ones. No, no, no. I was like, that's that's wild. And then I was like, wait, I had a couple of speaking engagements on Juneteenth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. So for those of y'all who don't know, if you don't know, you probably are not listening to our podcast. But just in case, right. just in case, Juneteenth is a commemoration of the day that the Union Army went to Texas and announced to all the enslaved Africans that they were no longer enslaved or that they were free. Little detail is that it happened two and a half years after <laughs> the Union which always makes me really mad. I'm like, why are we celebrating Juneteenth? Uh-huh. Two years. Yeah. Just I mean, we should call Juneteenth my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so for Black people, it's a long tradition of celebrating Juneteenth, literally since all the way, since the first one. We've been doing it every year. And now, because of the awareness of the movement for Black lives and Black liberation conversations and the proximity to this actual date, this was the biggest Juneteenth in the history of Juneteenth. And got lots of um i think we were celebrating it harder than ever before like it wasn't just other folks who were not black but we were celebrating harder than ever before mm-hmm. i mean beyonce put out a damn song on juneteenth i mean we doing it we doing it pretty big but also lots of other people are celebrating also with holidays and people getting off work and the, the um statesboro georgia has a Federal, ho- I mean, it has a municipal holiday now. Right. Memphis has passed uh, a county holiday that starts for next year. And so there's just like this whole big unfolding of acknowledgement and celebration of Juneteenth, which I think is important for us to talk about. Thoughts? Now, I think ritual markers are important, right? They, they give us a certain kind of liturgical rhythm uh, to the national identity. Right. So the and so the way in which the Fourth of July marks what it marches, Memorial Day marks what it marks, uh, Labor Day marks what it's my Mother's Day. All mark a kind of markers in a liturgical calendar, which you know 
many of them have deep historical contradictions uh, and problematic in terms of the celebration of conquering Native Americans and, sla- and enslaving Black people. With that minor caveat, <laughs> nations uh, have liturgical calendars, and so I think Juneteenth is important about that. The question is that can Juneteenth maintain uh, a political content that is that is not only celebratory because I don't because I think everybody should party. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm everybody should have a reason to have joy in their life. That's that's that, that's part of what it means to be human. Is to have joy, and so folks need joy in their life. They need ways to marker. They need ways to signify. That's part of what it means to be human. Uh, even in the ancients, in the caves, they draw on the caves, mm-hmm. marking. So they're going to be liturgical markers uh, in human history. But can they maintain a level of political content, right, that is about joy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that that joy is extend itself to it plays itself out in terms of, like, what does public policy look like? How do, do people have health care? Do they have, okay. you know, are they policed? Or, or are they, you know, do they have different net mechanisms? So. That 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 becomes a question for me is that can it maintain a political this reinvigorating of Juneteenth? <laughs> I saw a um I saw a meme that said, How are you um how do you how are you celebrating Juneteenth and letting all your employees off when you have no black employees and no black board members? Mm-hmm. I saw that one, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, let me let me see your board. Let me see your yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, what wages are you paying? Mm-hmm. Right, how do wage? But see, the different question for me, right, is I want I'm because that's why I wanted to come out here. I want to okay. see what the possibilities of the future are. Mm-hmm. So, what does it mean mm-hmm. to imagine a, a a no publicly traded corporations? Yeah, like what 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 does that look like? So it's not just simply getting black people if the impetus of what Gene Juneteenth is, if it's meaning that we want to become part of a morally bankrupt system, or do we want, do we want to reimagine something? It's like what, uh, when Octavia Butler says that there is nothing new under the sun, but there are always new suns. Sun. That's right. That's hey, right. that's, <laughs> that's right. good preaching. <laughs> Calvin, how was your Juneteenth? How'd y'all celebrate in your house? It, it was um, an interesting time, you know. Um, Juneteenth, uh, I think this time last year for Juneteenth, I was actually on one of those, I think I was at Google campus uh, mm-hmm. with, with uh, Alicia Garza, who, who was mm-hmm. speaking. We were doing a release of the Black-led organizing um, uh, project of East Bay Community Foundation, and here we are gathered uh, at the same day that they're having a board meeting. So when I saw these responses about, uh, you know, corporations saying, you know, we're going to give our employees Juneteenth off, I think, oh, this time last year, one of these very same corporations was didn't even know. Didn't right? even know what it was. Right, right, or, or that it was being celebrated, or that within their very campus there were folks who were like centering blackness in a, in, a, in a way in the Bay Area to talk about um, uh, what does uh, a infrastructure for black movement building look like in the mm-hmm. Bay Area, right? Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward, and it's interesting because it's it, we we who 
I understand the celebration and and the need for it and it, and what it, what is protest and celebra- celebration with people look like in a pandemic. Yes. Um, and and so the the lake was on and popping, and so mm-hmm. we were not there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, which felt awkward. It felt like the the, the uh, I, I spoke about it. Uh, the the itch that you can't scratch. You know, yeah. th- there's something that when these rituals, yeah. Um, the way I called it was like, how can you have a ritual when it's virtual? Uh, and, and so engaging in rituals through virtual ways just felt like that one part removed. Um, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, doing so instead doing things like uh, I, I was part of an opening circle. Uh, that's how I woke up that morning was um, holding a, a libation space for um, some folks who were doing a virtual uh, Juneteenth celebration and uh, uh, health and wellness uh, gathering, and I love the name of it. It was called the House of Ease, right? <laughs> so um, how we can uh, bless each other up uh, to be easeful in this journey that is, um, yeah, the many journeys under many suns, yeah. as we're talking about. Yeah. Um, the other way that I was celebrating is I've actually been working on another project, speaking of futures and futurism and uh, speculative imagining of what, what can emerge uh working on this project that uh excited to tell more about when it when it's released uh but with some authors writers poets lyricists who are writing these stories about abolitionist futures uh and really rooting it in the idea of something happened in 2020 Mm -hmm. um during this time period between juneteenth and july 4th where the portals opened up and reminded us to uh to dream even bolder of uh the the abolitionist future that exists it already exists already had existed and we're just here to converge those two dimensions and timelines um Mm -hmm. to make it into reality and some of those stories are in the in the process of being written um so that was kind of another thing i've been working on is uh writing my story um which anasa you may know a little bit about uh that asks the question of what if reparations were a time heist Mm-hmm. And um, the idea mm-hmm. of recla- reclaiming our time, literally reclaiming our time, yeah. uh, time that was lost, time that was uh, taken away, time that could have been invested in community and family. And, and so I've, it was a deep reflection about time. Um, and then lastly, doing some readings um, where uh, one of the readings I came across is James Baldwin, you know, a, a letter to his nephew, um, America is celebrating its freedom uh, 100 years too soon. That was how it closed. And I was thinking uh, in in an ironic way, are we celebrating Juneteenth 100 years too soon? (laughs) Right. And then what if we weren't? Right. So just kind of, again, like reclaiming what that means and and thinking of how to reconcile that. And then, of course, lastly, um, unlike the political scale, 1968, Juneteenth, uh, Coretta Scott King was speaking uh, as the keynote for the Poor People's uh, March on Washington. Mm-hmm. And just a couple miles away, President Johnson was signing into uh, to, to law the enactment of the Omnibus Crime Bill and Safe Streets Act that was literally around the anti-riots, which created the federal funding containers for what we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of like this juxtaposition of this current president who would have, if not for the um, uh, organizing of the people spoken at Tulsa 
Oklahoma um, on Juneteenth. Simultaneously yeah. take credit for popularizing Juneteenth. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so to, to, to see I that. I mean, this nigga. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't say it. Bob, I have thought it. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, that, those were the contradictions and, and things that I was thinking of. Just what are the new celebrations that we get to celebrate? What are the new monuments that we get to uh, emerge? What are the new ways of rituals, even if virtual, that we can engage in that allows us to be in our full celebration of this life abundant, our joy, our mourning, our gratitude, our mm-hmm. uh, prayers, and, and what mm-hmm. what can we do to author that in this moment? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the last thing I'll mention is the hope that I have for um, you know out here in Oakland. There, there was a gathering of uh, uh, folks at the Alameda County Courthouse where Huey P. Newton uh, and the Free Huey campaign emerged, and so they're talking about. Uh, uh, placing up a monument uh, in, in that legacy and that um, uh, uh, commemoration. Uh, and, and so out in front of the uh, courthouse, uh, flowers were laid uh, where mm-hmm. he stood. And, mm-hmm. and I keep thinking about that. It's like, wow, what, what are the seeds that we're planting right now? The seeds mm-hmm. that we're planting right now uh, and, and what would uh, blossom in its path. So yeah, that was my Juneteenth. <sighs> You were busy. That's a lot. Mm. Oh, oh, you know, and it was Malik's first Juneteenth. So, first so yeah, we got dressed Most up and everything. Importantly. <laughs> Most importantly, I keep wondering about um, what Fourth of July is going to be like this year. Hmm. What what the pu- public narrative is going to be? What kind of interventions there are going to be? And um, I love the idea of like the the opening of the portal between Juneteenth and July Fourth. Very, very, very curious about where where we will be two weeks from now when it's fourth of July. I think with the fourth, right, Mm -hmm. is that it's always been a day when working class people, in particular, barbecue, had off, Mm -hmm. had a good time, popped some fireworks, let off Mm -hmm. some steam, and that it was a lot that that the American flag was ornamental at best. Uh, most often not even present. You know what I'm saying? In uh in those in uh in those things. And so I feel like so having that kind of marker for folks to be able to take off, I think is important, particularly for the black, you know, working core, whatever. I'm sorry, I have gotten sleepy. I'm going to make some coffee. <laughs> Are we boring That's the great thing about Zoom. You can just walk around your house. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know? You can't say beautiful. the Z word. They didn't pay for this. They didn't pay for that mention. Oh, they did? No. No. Uh, uh, right, You're going to get your that. coffee. We're going to talk about the next. Right, I'm, now, so, now we, uh, <laughs> Juneteenth, and what's the other thing? What other thing? The other pop. We got two more pop. Calvin, what's our number two? Oh, what what was what was we going to talk about? There's Juneteenth. I mean, we did, we really didn't get into the whole uh, Beyonce dropping a song. We, we don't know we mentioned it, but we should talk the, about that. We should we talk should. about it. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, there were a lot of things that dropped, <laughs> including. Uh, you know, we were talking about Juneteenth being the new Black History Month. I don't know if you saw Sherman's showcase, it's special. Oh. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yes, I did. I I, I don't think they had any idea that that was uh, going to be so so much needed medicine. No. Um, who was no. who was this? 
So there's a show called Sherman Showcase. We talked about it on a previous episode, which I'm sure you listened to since you listened to the <laughs> episode of our podcast, me being such a good, important friend of yours. But it's really indeed, like, indeed, indeed. It is a um a um what do you call what do you, what's that word, Calvin? It's a parody show. A parody, parody, yeah. Soul Train parody. And it's mm. hilarious and the music is always amazing and it's so good. It's, you actually like that show, Seku. Who's producing the music? That's a great question. Mm, I have mm. no idea. We need to find out. But we'll post it, though. For y'all who didn't hear that episode, you can go back and listen to it. We'll post about Sherman Showcase. Yeah, so in classic Beyonce fashion, because she never does marketing anymore ever again, she just out records in the middle of the night. because she's Beyonce and she can do that Mm -hmm. and um, this Juneteenth she put out a new song that was her ode to this moment I suppose haven't you heard the song absolutely yeah I was uh, and (laughs) (laughs) it's called Black Parade by the way for Mm y'all who haven't heard the song I can't imagine that you hadn't heard about it, but mm-hmm. but you know what I loved about it? Like before we start talking about the song, mm-hmm. what I also loved is she also um released a new a new section of her website that had like a million kajillion black owned businesses on it for people to go and support um in celebration of Juneteenth and, and moving forward. So whatever you think about the song, we can agree that that was wonderful for her to do. And mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, what do you think about this song? <laughs> My mind saying a word. Calvin, would you like? To I wanted. Speak? I wanted to refer to the musician among us, but um, no, I'm not actually, saying uh, a word. It's it, it was a beautiful song. <laughs> Beyonce, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Beyonce, Beyonce light. Beyonce's the best. <laughs> she the best to ever do it, baby. All right. What <laughs> do you say this? Uh, he, here the here the uh, uh, the swarming <laughs> known to bite. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was something about the the, the lyrics to the song, though. Um, Which that, is my whole point. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Calvin. Uh, where where the the imagery. Um, that was being invoked was it felt it felt actually like a, a, a like wanting to tap into a timeless energy about it right like yes there's something about this moment but reach reach even reach even back and to, for that to even start off like i'm going back to the south yes which we've talked about being healed in the field from mm-hmm. uh, season one and, and going back to the south uh, mm-hmm. side note ironically uh, in, in this other dimension where none of this stuff is happening, I would actually be in Alabama um, right. for my um, 20th high school reunion uh, in, in Montgomery. Um, and I'm thinking about, wow, yeah, I graduated from Booker T. Washington High School, whereas my brother graduated you from, from Montgomery? I, I, I went mm-hmm. to high school there. I would not, yeah. I did not yeah. know you was from, you was yeah. a good old country boy. <laughs> Calvin's one of us. Listen, yes, I, I was, I, I lived a good third of my life in places in the South, including Montgomery, Alabama, LaGrange, Georgia, Purvis, Mississippi. 
before Ooh. I was known. Yeah, Purvis outside Purvis. of Lumberton. I know Purvis, Mississippi. Oh yeah, that's oh a, yeah. That's where country folks from. Now, oh, what, you know, now look, all them cities you name, you sound like was they was they selling? <laughs> was they passing <laughs> <around>? <laughs> different plantations? Man, I was. And this is the danger when Reverend Sekou. <laughs> no, no, have mercy. Do not make me edit your stuff out, Sekou. It was, it was my. What's funny was that that was my journey of uh, teaching, uh, you know, schooling, but also teaching. And so I, I went to, I taught. That was my first place I taught. Taught in Mississippi at Purvis, uh, Mississippi at um, an academy there. Went back to Montgomery to teach for a year, and then decided that um, I needed to. Uh, redefine what my relationship was to uh, youth engagement, organizing, and act. basically, I got called out to the principal's office too much. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you want no good. You want no good mm-hmm. overseer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was called in for being Never. a bit too. Uh, you know, I, I thought I was being subversive and you know undercover, but you know, when you're the only one, Calvin, have you met you? Yeah, that's what I'm I know, saying. right? <laughs> I, I mean, what you mean? It's just well, you think it's some verses undercover? Yeah. No, sir. Yeah, it's just a no, picture sir. of Mumia Abdul Jamal. That's not. Well, I mean, what's the big deal? <laughs> That's not what happened. I just all. had the reading from the People's History. I didn't know. I didn't know. Right. right. Uh, but uh, you know, I share that part of my story because that's exactly where I went when I heard those first two lines of the song. I'm going back to the south, and so I'm like, all right. It, when I do that, it, it takes me on a trip. And then I'm going back, 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 back. And then we hear Baobab tree. We hear right. Ankh. We hear uh, Orisha Oshun. And like, the, right, these, these right, right. And, and so there is something that was about a calling to something um, that, that goes beyond the beyond uh, to reach for that as a source of power. And so I, I found it interesting. I found it interesting that this is, that in that moment, she thought, of writing lyrics and, and having this song claim that where others might've been a bit more literal about this moment. Right. Or, or, um, uh, which I've heard folks from, uh, including Anderson Pack released a really amazing track. Run the jewels released some tracks. Um, uh, who else? Trey songs released a song. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So Dietrich, uh, uh, Dietrich Hendrick did the mm-hmm. gospel artist, you know, the man, the sure India, I mean that, uh, Gina producers, yeah, he did, and so did um um what's his name too? Release something, um you know that that oh shoot, Kirk Franklin put something out too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks have, yeah. But but Beyonce is by far is the most African centered, if you mm-hmm. if you will. She yeah, I think it, I think it is. It does like is it, like as you're kind of walking through the lyrics that way. It make it does. Um, uh, kind of uh, it, it, it <clears throat> the hearkening back in that particular song. Mm-hmm. The image I think of is like the, the 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 in terms of as a political ideology. The song is from is is a cultural nationalist artifice. It's, it's like mm-hmm. cultural yes. nationalism. Yeah, right. So it's, yeah. it's like so it's cultural nationalism, 100%. which has a place. Mm-hmm. Right. It's insufficient without a critique of. I think it's efficient without a critique of the market. Right or a critique of gender identity and a like so I think it has insufficiencies, but at the same time most of us who came 
most black folks I know who kind of came through some form of political maturation in terms of their politics explicit, not, not the implicit uh, politics of black communities, but like an explicit or organizers or that kind of thing. We all came through culture nationalism. 100%. Mm. That's how I grew up. That's my house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And and I think that what you're saying, like the 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 way Beyonce has evolved over her last few records. So you talk about Lemonade, you talk about the Lion mm-hmm. King soundtrack, and kind of the kind of one-off things that she's done. They've gotten more and more. I don't. I can't say. I can't use the word radical. That doesn't even sound right coming out of my mouth. Talking about Beyonce, but they have definitely become more and more um, oriented to Black folks and Black liberation. At least her version of it. And you can't do that without the, you know, critique of the market, the critique of the, you know, the mm-hmm. and all that, all blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about pop culture and popular narrative and this the narrative shift that we're witnessing right in this mm-hmm. very moment, to have her show up with a song like this and to have it contextualized in the way that it is, because the only modern reference that's really in it is she talks about rubber bullets, which we all know yep. what that means, right? But other than that, she it's 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 ancestors. It's like mm-hmm. ancestors and ancestors and ancestors and over and over and over again, which I found really interesting. Mm-hmm. I actually like the song. I'm not gonna lie. I like it. It's not mm. my favorite Beyonce song, but I like it. That was my mm. that was my cue for those of you on this um podcast who don't like it to speak up. <laughs> it's a beautiful like it, song and be a beautiful song and be outside the best. <laughs> nope. Great. Moving on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just tell you something. Yeah. I've had my I I don't I don't I've lived on the death threat for 30 years. Yes. But I, you know. Just scared not, of the, the, the hive has a different sting to it. <laughs> I'm scared of the FBI. I am not scared of the FBI. I am not afraid of the police, the army. I done face down tanks and tear gas and pistols and shootouts, all of that. But I am afraid I of the beehive. Well, in the song, Beyonce definitely acknowledges that the beehive will get you. That's right. So, That's you right. Don't want them to be swarming around you. I see that. I see that. Maybe the yeah. beehive is our our new Dora Milaje. They're, they're the Listen, ones. I was thinking about the Deacons of Defense, and I'm like, who was going to be the Deacons of Defense in the new FOI? And who? And they have to be has to be centered around the Divine Feminine. So they hmm. beehive. Can we put the beehive through some training? I need some protection. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're going to be in conversation yeah. about defund divest and abolition yeah, we need another uh, we need a new alternative yeah because that is that the, the the conversation that invites us into is the how do we when we say we protect us or we keep us safe we love and protect how do we make that concrete actionable real and what are the ways are already doing it I, I, to be honest i question the possibility of us being able to do it at this historical at this exact moment because of the distance between the working the the professional organizing class and everyday people we saw that manifest mm-hmm. with the fight over Warren and yep. 
Sanders, right? The professional organizing class sided with either one of them, right? And they were right in, we were right in doing so. But we convinced the masses of our people, either through new voter turnout or uh, uh, traditionally conservative, more, uh, more, not conservative, more uh, pragmatic uh, electoral habits of of black people. Mm -hmm. And so I actually think that, like, it's interesting to me that one of the challenges is that distance that the this well, this iteration that we see now the professional organizing class did not create it that's right this is everyday people saying fuck this shit we're gonna burn and tear some up and maybe y'all will listen to us mm-hmm. right and then the political organize then the organizing class seizes upon that and uses their uh many of the efforts that they've been fighting for but this is the people's breakthrough mm-hmm. but the reality is that the professional organizing class can seize upon the energy of the people uh there's a wonderful phrase called elite capture so you gra- mm-hmm. coming out of the right you grab the political energy of the, the working poor and then transforming them that often winds up either be performative or bourgeois right meaning that they're about mm-hmm. black access to corrupt systems or blackness is primarily a performative discourse. So you you do a lot, and I'm not demeaning performance, I am a performer, but the performance Mm -hmm. that is not situated within the context of political, actual political movement connected to masses of people, then it's vanity. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. We had that conversation on the day of George Floyd's funeral because I called you about Sharpton. And yeah, told me, but the people love him, and I'm like, but yeah. I can't. But the issue is that if the people love him, then we need to figure him. out why the people love him. And the yeah. people love him because, right? Because he's always that, uh, he, he's like he, him, his presence showing up for a family mm-hmm. when they done lost their baby mm-hmm. is a significant presence. Yeah, and. He has built credit for all of his contradictions. He's built credit among black working class and working poor people. Organizers may not like him. And he can't come to Ferguson. We ran him out. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, 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 and ran Jesse out for that matter. Because mm-hmm. like so that's a particular kind of, but I'm saying for lots of people, he means something. They ask him to preach their funerals. Mm-hmm. That's right. They, the families are the ones who ask him to preach those families. Yeah. No, that's not. That's how that works. You don't tell a black family who's going to preach their funeral. No, ma'am. But I don't care. Like, you're not going to tell that. Not a black working class. One. But you know what I'm saying? So the family called Nate and, and he got a word for him. Mm-hmm. That folksy, working class, you know, look country. Even though he's from New York, he got a little country. <laughs> he got a country draw. You know what I'm saying? He talking good and country, all flat and E flats and minor keys and sus chords when he talked. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm saying for the professional organizing class, we can't even talk to our people. No, we don't you know even know saying? them. Yeah, yeah they, we don't they, even know them. Yeah, yeah, you don't the know vocabulary you gotta, uh, has to have an entire uh, academic literature right. and coursework to break down what it is. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, not exactly. to say that people can't have access to the word. It's just, we, we got it. I found myself at times having to translate the translation before I can even say what I'm saying. And mm. there's some people that just make it plain. Yeah. 
I mean, the truth is I'm dealing with that now with all the people who are calling me asking about what it means to defund the police mm-hmm. and what happens when the, when there's no police. So a lot of, lots of phone calls having to have that conversation mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. Lots of conversations. I mean, and I think part of it is that, that but there is no police. In our context, the use of police is about the ways in which there is a protection of capital. Yeah. That's right. Right. That's that's what it's that's about. What the police it's just are about, for to protect property. Yeah, yeah, to protect property and and, and capital, mm-hmm. and um and so and the people act like they've been doing a good job. That's right. Right. You know what I'm saying? When we talk about like when we look at uh, uh, testing of kits that police don't do. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, how somebody call them to have a mental episode and they come shoot them. Yeah, like that's what happened out like, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not like it's not like, or even with uh, the the baby they killed down in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. The All end. they had to say is, is somebody just needs to go, boy. Now it's, we glad you didn't slip it off, and we just gonna get you home. That's all. Yeah, that's what uh. Yeah. Calvin and I watched the uh, live last week with Alicia and um, Patrice. Mm-hmm. And they were laying out like, you know, all the particulars, all the talking points and all that. And really at the end of the day, they were like, there are three things that the police get called for all the time that they don't have any business getting called for. Cause why are you showing up to any of these things with a whole gun ready to shoot somebody? And they were drug addiction, homelessness, and, mental health issues where folks are calling the police and yeah. five people show up with five guns and training to shoot to kill, mm-hmm. you know? And so part, part of this whole conversation is like, <laughs> how do you, how do you have appropriate response when people are in crisis? That's right. Yeah. Which is not what we do at all. It's hard to deescalate when you show up with a gun. It's impossible. Some would yeah. Say. It, some would say, um, I mean, it's not just the gun, it's also the training and the culture. Yeah. And on top of that, the, the larger context that says to you, when you see someone that looks like this, they're dangerous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All those things, it's all those things wrapped up together. You can't, mm-hmm. think they're inextricably linked. You can't, you can't, um, you can't separate them from each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of my, and we've been defunding schools and healthcare. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, like, defunding ain't the problem. Be good at that, <laughs> right? They, they knew what "starve the beast" meant so, back yeah. then. They knew what. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. I, you, know, you wanted to privatize schools, privatize social security, privatize all of these social. Like all of a sudden, well, what does it mean? Right. Um, and 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 there is some other point. Like of the many ways that my heart broke hearing what happened in Atlanta with Rayshard, the. The part that I think broke me, broke me, was mm-hmm. listening to that conversation on the 911 call. Mm-hmm. Because the co- yeah, it, it, it's, it's tough to hear. Because we're used to hearing the barbecue Beckys and the Karens calling yeah. 911. Yeah. We're used to that. But when I heard this conversation about the, the, the report is, oh, here's someone who is um, he's asleep in his car. And then you hear the the 911 operator respond, well, does he have a weapon? No, no, he's just sleeping in the car. Do you want me to send an ambulance, a fire uh, department, or the police? Mm 
Mm. And in that choice point, the police was chosen. Mm. And then again, for the operator who asked again, like, well, was there any weapons? That operator had a choice to discern that the event didn't rise to a level of that type of intervention and choose an ambulance, firefighters, or the police. And what would the police Right. So that by the time that the police show up and you see the interaction and then all the video and history from there. What happens in a moment where we have decision points that we can make right here, right now? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's the part that broke my heart. Mm. Among the other things I did. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because those are the ty- times where I ask myself a question. Uh, well, what would I do in that scenario? Yeah, I've been I've been at uh, not Wendy's, but I've been at Taco Bell. At two mm-hmm. thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. right? And if I'm behind somebody, oh, this this person fell asleep. Uh, I did that for you and Asa. This this one fell asleep, and how would I respond? Yeah. And I, yeah, I feel like I have different tools that are available to me because I'm encased in this body, mm-hmm. right? As a man, as mm-hmm. you know, someone who has a, a voice who feels like I can, I, you know. I, I, I can bedazzle you with brilliance or, or bedazzle you with bullshit. Like one way or another, mm-hmm. this gift of gab is going to get you to, I can deescalate. Right. Yeah. But if you don't have, if you don't feel that, then what, what's then what? So that's, yeah, I'm, I've been struggling with that part. Y'all. I just can been struggling that, with it. Can we add another option? Cause those actually are also, the other two options are also not appropriate. Yeah. They're just not. Yeah. And because those two options can still call the police. Can you just let that man sleep? Like, why? What's the problem? Like, can you just let the man sleep? What is the problem? Because there's that. Over a Wendy's parking lot, y'all. Right. Right. Um, I, one of the most... I don't even want to... Never mind. I'm not even going to go there. Mm. <laughs> yes, I am. One of the most... Um, no, I'm not. No, I'm not <gasps> going to do it. No. Okay. No. All right. Maybe it'll show up in our after dark conversation. Maybe so. But what I will say is like the, the thing that's, that's also been fascinating to me is as people are wrestling with what this means and what we do next is the, the length at which people will activate their imagination to come up with reasons to justify Tell it. this behavior. Not like, oh gosh, no, I'm not. I'm not. Any, my point is I have been, I have heard the most, imaginative most ridiculous excuses for the behavior of the police over the past few weeks i've ever heard in my life to justify behavior because people are still not willing to face the truth about where we are and who we are and so they're just like really reaching reaching really really hard for these these things to help make themselves feel like there's some other way out when there is not Mm. I'll tell you what happened at the dark, but I'm mm-hmm. not gonna say it here. I'm not gonna say it here. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's been interesting um, the level of um, honesty that I've been called to over the past few weeks. Mm. People are saying stuff in front of me, and I have to be like, "I'm, I'm so sorry. I cannot allow that. <laughs> I cannot <laughs> allow. <laughs> we cannot. I cannot support this line of questioning. We're gonna have to have a different conversation." <laughs> that's been that's been interesting too. July 4th. I can't wait to see what, where we are on July 4th. Okay, we have one more thing to talk about, and then I have lots of questions for you, Reverend. 
Um, yes. Yeah, so let's talk about Chappelle again, Calvin. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I know. I know. So last week, um, Dave Chappelle released a short video um, in partnership with Netflix called Eight Minutes and 46 Seconds. And it was his commentary on the murder of George Floyd and the political moment that we find ourselves in. And it was a departure for him in that he always does social commentary and he always gets intense and he always like has those moments, but those moments turned into an entire um, thing. And so there, there were very few jokes, very little laughter. It was very intense. Um, and I would love to hear what you thought about it, Calvin. <laughs> well, I mean, even before, I mean, we just got to say, before, yeah. Right? Like, this, so for, for, for those of you who are new to us, um, we have had a conversation about Dave Chappelle before when he came out with his last special and really talking about the juxtaposition of like the incredible brilliance of, his, of who he is and what he brings and the incredibly problematic relationship he has with gender with femininity with trans folks with queer folks and like the disappointment that we feel and having to figure out how to reconcile those two things so that's so that's i mean watching eight minutes and 46 seconds i felt all the all the all the all the all the same things all over again (laughs) i was Mm -hmm. like why like why this is brilliant and i feel so many things and i love that you did this and why this other layer of just complete and utter misogyny. Why? 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 Do why? Yeah. Why? Uh, I mean. Why? Even before I, I get into how I feel, I'm just gonna go ahead and say Tony McDade, right? Uh, Rhea Milton, Remy Fells. Mm-hmm. Um, right. the, the the names of uh, our our yes. black trans beloveds. Yeah. Who have been murdered uh, and, and being able to speak, uh, speak up when times where I, I'm talking about Calvin right now. Like I, I, I felt the, the hesitation because I'm like, Oh, is this, is this, is that, and, 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 and that, that level of um, hesitancy is also what needs to burn down That's in its right. ashes. Uh, That's right. now, now is not the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so if oh, that's an no. invitation for others to lean into that, um, uh, level of specificity of, of naming, just simply naming the names, mm-hmm. um, then I, I'm there with you. Like, and, and let's, let's move through this journey together. Cause it, it brought me more joy than, um, than this, you know, even for Chappelle's special to see what happened at uh, Brooklyn Museum when uh, we saw the Black Trans Lives Matter uh, uh, convergence of the, uh, I haven't seen that many people around Brooklyn Museum since like summer of 2010 (laughs) for the first Saturday uh, uh, parties that used to happen at at Brooklyn Museum. Um, And and to see that happen, uh, yeah, uh, Okra Project, Marsha P. Johnson Institute, uh, bringing the, those together, um, and and I think that's you know critical and important. Um, uh, even yeah, say you know saying all that uh, before even touching on uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, 
because I was going back and forth and then it just, people kept on lighting me up like, Hey, 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 have you seen it? Have you seen it? And, and, and I watched it and um, mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, like I, I you know, it, it was for all the, conf- like how conflicted I was and how, um, you know, around everything. It, it, that was the first time in a while that uh, for, for um, you know, a comedy show where I was drawn in and I wasn't laughing. Yeah. Um, because there was a rage that um, there was just a rage that, that I was feeling and imagining uh, what if it was my birthday, you know, three twelve, and that was the amount of time. And that's I saw lot. that. That's a, yeah. That was um, a lot. All those personal things that he brought back to his own story. That was a lot. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. And it made me understand why he felt like he needed to do that. Cause that was a departure for him. Stylistically, it's a departure for him. It's not really what he does, but he just went out there and was not a comedian. He was just himself, right? It wasn't, I mean, it was storytelling, but it wasn't performative at all. It was just like, this is where I am and how I'm feeling and how I'm hurting and how this story is intertwining with my own personal story and sharing that with, with an audience of people. And, and, and then I also want, You know, and I say so acknowledging my own limitations, um, right, as a cis-hetero black Pentecostal preacher, right? I got a number of things working against me. Mm-hmm. You are the thing. <laughs> but I do want some grace. I want, our, I want our movements to have some grace. Like, it's interesting to watch... Uh, um, you know, like there's this thing where people are like trashing folks are saying, well, you know, where was you at when this happened? And you just mm-hmm. get into the work and like trash the new white folks. And, and for me, I want to be able to say, welcome. Mm-hmm. We're going to go on this journey together. 100%. Right. You know what I mean? I don't disagree and, with that, but I also think that welcoming requires like, this is my philosophy on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. All of this, what you're saying is like, I think that we need to build spaces where everybody is welcome because this is not about the liberation of any particular person. It's about mm-hmm. the liberation of all of us in in in, a, in an equitable fashion, right? So, like the folks who are who need to be centered are the ones who are the most marginalized, and we'll get to we'll get to you eventually. We all gonna be free. Mm-hmm. Everybody can come in this room, but there are rules of engagement. You don't get to come in here and be harmful. Yeah. To people right like as long as you can be in here and follow the rules and be loving and accepting and um as offer as much grace to others as you're being offered by the rest of the group then you are more than welcome and and until and unless you're ready to do that you need to have a seat out on the bench outside the front door mm-hmm. so you can hear what's going on inside and you can stay up on it and then when you're ready to come in the next but see time, so so see this so this is i actually think what that that is what's happening in most movement spaces that there's already a threshold to enter into the movement space hmm. right already mm-hmm. so i feel like there's already a threat but i'm saying the issue is that i would prefer those of us who have the privilege and the luxury to be professional organizers mm-hmm. which is predicated on the suffering of the people mm-hmm. 
is that we be going into those spaces and trying to expand those those spaces. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's contradictory to what I'm saying. But what I can say to you as a woman in a moment where there is a, like I said earlier, like we are witnessing the shift in the narrative about the value of black life globally, right? Because mm-hmm. even the people who are not doing anything yet, because they don't know what to do, they're saying the right thing at least. Mm-hmm. Which means that the conversation is changing to the point where there can be a different kind of action and a different expectation of action. Mm-hmm. And as a woman in this moment, the conversation that I'm having to have as often as I'm having to have conversations with white folks about their language or their expectation or their understanding or their analysis or their historical context, I'm having to have that conversation with men as often about how they're um, subjugating, disrespecting uh, women and not just in um like actual language which is also happening a lot mm-hmm. but um in actual like how folks are showing up in a very patriarchal way trying to control processes trying to skip over healing trying to skip over you know all the things that we're trying to undo that are that are happening that are happening at the hands of men and a lot of times black men mm-hmm. and i think about like elaine I think about Elaine Brown and like my friendship with her and the book that she's written, written and all the women, Angela, all the people who talk about the way that women were treated in the black Panthers. I think about all the women of the civil rights movement and how they were erased and how they were mm-hmm. treated. And I'm like, we're, I'm not willing for, I'm not willing to sacrifice who I am as a woman, for who I am as a black person in this moment. Like one of the things that we have not gotten right yet in movements, whether they are, professionalized or on the ground or whatever is the treatment of and the centering of women. And I'm not willing to be quiet about that right now or really ever, but certainly not right now. But also part of it is, well, thank you, first of all. (laughs) And then also part of it is just the way you've moved through the world starting a record label, which is the music industry is one of the most sexist mm-hmm. sectors of the society. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, it's because my parents taught me, my parents didn't tell me there were, there were the gender roles in my house were not constructed in such a way that I felt like I had to be quiet or play a particular mm-hmm. role. So it's, you know, I am, I am someone who has had the privilege of not having to, um, reconstruct my gender identity to be able to give myself permission to do anything. Mm-hmm. I've never had that. And so I understand that that has given me a particular perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just a person too, right? I'm just a person who um, can be in a conversation and hear the disrespect, either subversive or blatant in uh, conscious or unconscious i i hear it Mm -hmm. and i'm the girl who was in third grade and they were talking about mankind and man and man and man and i raised my hand and said i'm sorry teacher i'm a man so what does this book mean about me like that was that's Mm -hmm. who i was as a girl (laughs) so Mm -hmm. as a woman i'm like bro like you can't be we're not doing that we're not doing i'm not i'm not doing that and i think that the thing is the thing that i that i'm I'm more than happy to be welcoming and opening. And you know me, you know me, Sekou. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, 
I will have any conversation with anybody and embrace them and love them mm-hmm. and them because that's what's in my heart. And it's not okay for folks to say, oh, he didn't mean it or that's not what we're talking about and allow for someone, even in their brilliance, in their analysis around a race, conversation or a brutality conversation or anything like because no one is no one can deny that Dave Chappelle is a brilliant genius kind of dude Mm -hmm. he is he is ridiculously Mm -hmm. all the time always showing up Mm -hmm. and if in his brilliance he's also saying things that actually hurt me that I have to be like cringing and wincing and right I'm being asked to suffer to experience his brilliance and it's not necessary like, for what? For what? And if we talk about being free, well, I want to be free, too. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to wait mm-hmm. for us to be like, well, let's talk about the Black people first, and then we're going to talk about the Like, no, mm-hmm. no. I, I don't want mm-hmm. my freedom to be rolled out in stages. I want to be free right now, too, like everybody else. Mm. Is my point. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I also think, I also think <clears throat> that, and I've said this, I think I said this on the, on the show last week, Calvin, that the thing that this moment represents for me is the rise mm. of the divine feminine and the balance of the energy on the planet. And the reason why patriarchy and white supremacy have to die now is because you cannot have both things at once. And, and mm. one, of the, one of the biggest things in the way of the energetic, spiritual, emotional balance on our planet and in our galaxy is the way that Black people are treated, and that has mm. to that has to no longer be an issue for us to be able to really reach our potential as spiritual beings. I also think <clears throat> that in addition to white supremacy and patriarchy, homophobia, transphobia, and all those things also need to be crushed in this moment. And for me to have one without the other is to have an incomplete revolution. Mm. Mm. The end. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and drop your uh, uh, your PayPal, like Cash App, and your mic. <laughs> and, uh, drop your mic. We, we all attended, so we gotta pay <laughs> pay those dues. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> what you can see it on the point? I'm conceding. I'm going to concede that territory because I don't want the NASA hive to come get me. Because you know, oh, they will. Yes, you they will. I'm good. So, um, Seku, um, I would love to turn the conversation to you and to talk really, really about like your history and why um, your voice is. But this is far more interesting. Oh, we're done talking about that. We're talking about something else now. <laughs> Welcome to our show. This is what we're talking about next. <laughs> All of that, well, was, reason- that was just the appetizer. Oh, yeah. That was just the <laughs> This is called the main dish. So today, main um, dish. Normally on the main dish, we talk about like something that we really want to really go into depth in in terms of, um, of some pop, pop culture phenomenon. But I think today I, I wanted you to be on the show because... Because of your experience as an organizer, um, specifically the work that you did in Ferguson, 
Um, but and then also like the 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 way that you've been traveling, the time that you've spent um, in Minneapolis, the time that you spent in Seattle, really um, as being a, a servant in this particular political social social moment. Um, but from a, from the perspective of, of an artist, oh my gosh! Oh, you just you just back there. Your grandma you just knocked this thing down on me. Who, who wanted who wanted to be next to you? I know somebody, right? The Lord um, but, but, but I think, Sekou, the thing that I wanted, the reason why I wanted to talk to you about it was not because of who you are as an organizer, but because of who you are as an artist. And I have mm-hmm. been, you know, talking with you and wrestling with you about who, about those two identities and how, how mm-hmm. you need to help you reconcile them both inside yourself for many years. Mm-hmm. And I just would love for us to be able to hear from you what's, what, what is actually happening. And... Um, and how you see what is happening, right? And I know that that Calvin and I are very curious about Seattle and what's happening in the free zone mm-hmm. in Seattle. Very, I'm mm-hmm. so curious about that. I cannot wait to hear about it. Um, I think that, you know, it's, it's been an interesting transition back to this work, right? Because I spent the last yeah. four years touring. Yeah. And for all of this grind and beat up on the body and travel. I actually love performing. Yeah. Uh, I love, uh, 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 you know, cause I'm just trying to get back to Sunday morning, <laughs> the Sunday morning that I grew up with. Can you talk a little bit about your music and, and what, it, what, what the, what is derivative of and what, it, how it feels? So my sonic landscape, you know, begins in the rural Arkansas Delta. So kind of rural Southern, uh, uh, black Pentecostal sounds, right? So we use polyrhythms, we in E flat a lot, minor chords, right? We well in, like, it's also because I'm on a, I'm in the farm, I'm in farm country, right? We had old, uh, um, you had to prime it. We had a, one mm-hmm. like Sanford Sun trucks, <laughs> we had an old black one, and you have to prime it, right? Before you started, you got to pull this little lever on it to prime to get mm-hmm. the gas going in the engine. And uh, and then when you try to turn it on, it makes this sound. And so for me, right? I so so if right, so if I'm if there's a, if so if I'm singing and if I go, I I I I I I I sound of that car. Mm-hmm hearing mm. right you know what i'm saying so right yeah. or if you hear uh uh how we called our hogs and called the pigs you know so it's like uh uh so it's, for me it's the turnaround i do on a song uh, uh love me was killing me love me was killing me oh when i turned it around mm-hmm. right? that's 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 us calling the cows so part of it is like the sonic landscape that I grew up in in terms of, and then the first sonic marker of me is moaning in the church. It's the first mm-hmm. sound I remember. Mm-hmm. Or, and, or the Dr. Watts. Do you know Dr. Watts? I don't. So in Baptist churches in particular, but they do it in some Pentecostal churches. Uh, it's a form of singing um, uh, where uh, a lead singer will call out and mm-hmm. the con- congregation will respond. Mm-hmm. 
So they'll say, I love the Lord. He heard my cry. And then the whole audience moans. I love the Lord. He So that's that's my first sonic memory. Yeah. Right. And so uh um um like the yeah, it's the first time I remember remembering. Like being on a in my grandmother's lap and hearing this sound. Hmm. Like, hey, I like that. <laughs> so I'm trying to get back to that. Yeah. And so for me, uh, right, and in a particular part of the world that I was born in, and I was raised in, in Arkansas Delta, had the largest Pentecostal, number of Pentecostal growth, right, because the Church of God in Christ was founded in Prince Preston, Arkansas, mm-hmm. in the Delta. The largest number of blues musicians come out of that region uh, in terms of the Delta from Arkansas to Tennessee to Mississippi, uh, and also the largest number of socialists. Wow, I didn't know that part. Right. I so, didn't know and that. mediated, I think, in part because it's one of the largest concentrations of lynching in the country. Mm. Mm. So if you run the map of lynching, it's all concentrated in that region. Mm. I mean, of course, it's all over America, but the cool. most of them is happening in that delta. And so as a result of that, you know, per capita, and so as a result of that, that's part of what, impacts me those three stands pentecostalism socialism and the blues mm. uh but not only just aesthetics and sonic landscape but also uh, uh what i kind of call the existential uh geography of the region and so that meaning making shapes my own uh uh, uh, uh music and so and then my biological grandfather played piano on the Chitlin circuit, R.B. Brozelman with B.B. Uh, King, uh, Louis Jordan, you know, mm. the rumor in my, the myth in my family is that his song, Saturday Night Fish Fry, is based on my grandfather's fish fry. <laughs> I don't know how true it is, but you know, that's the... Sounds true to me. And so uh, f- fish fries, and then my uh, the grandfather who raised me, who was Kojic, he preached in churches that Rosario Tharp played in. Mm. Wow. So it's in my bones, so to speak. Yeah. Hmm. And yeah. so I'm trying to get back to that, to that kind of rule. So I'm pulling on that. Uh, but, you know, my Uncle McKinley liked the little funk, so it's a little funk on it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When he was frying that fish. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, and then you know, of course, gospel and horn, mm-hmm. James Brown. Uh, slap steel is new to me. In terms mm-hmm. of my brought with lap steel, although when I heard them sanctified boys playing that thing, mm-hmm. so I said, "Bring that on!" And you know, it's got a little harmonica, and I like mm-hmm. strings and choirs. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you like but you know, I'm a classic. So I grew up. By the time I was seven, I sang in five foreign languages, mm-hmm. and so uh, I like strings and orchestra as well, which makes me super excited about this next record. But I've been. In the first three records, right, all of those kind of elements are present. Yep, and beautifully so. I love your I love your music. Thank you. 
you know, it was hard when I had friends and then they do like we're friends and they're like, listen to my music. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, this is terrible. <laughs> 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 like I can't date. Part of the reason why I don't date artists is because if their stuff is bad, I don't I can't respect them. So it's, it was so wonderful after talking to you about music for 10 years and you being like, one day I'm going to do an album. I'll be like. Okay. Yeah, I threatened for ten. You right? I, I threatened for a decade to do you a did. record, but then when you finally did it, and then I liked it, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is incredible!" Because your music is incredible to me. I love it. I love it so much. I love it so much. When you um, when you look at what we're going through right now, and I know you 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 um, you did a lot of work in Ferguson. You are famous for being arrested for praying. If you see the um the Google images of a, of a pastor being arrested for praying. That is Reverend Sekou. That is, is, is one of his many claim to fame. But I wonder. Now oh, oh, Malik. Oh. Hi, Malik. Malik. Yeah. Well, Malik has made a cameo. Uh, Malik's hair looks cute. That's a cute haircut. Not a music too. So we're going to listen. So, um, um, Sekou, in between Ferguson and Minneapolis, you put out three albums and you kind of, and you really like dug into who you were as an artist. And I'm wondering how the world looks different to you now, three albums and four or five years later, now that you find yourself in the same position from an organizing standpoint, but having Mm. lived all this life as an artist and touring and really, really, really like immersing yourself into your creative self. You don't know my life. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I do. You just read my life to me. Yes, I did. And I'll do it again. Like you just oracled me. Is this the name? And that's what they call me. That's my nickname. The people in the streets call me the oracle. (laughs) It's true. Season two. We had, we had a whole segment. That's the Oracle. That's the Oracle. You know, the first person to ever call me the Oracle was Kahari Mosley. Oh, Kahari. What Kahari you know? and Dave Dix and Biko used to call me the Oracle back when we were children. Uh, oh, God. Shout out to the league. That was a long time ago. Shout out to National Hip Hop Political Convention. Oh, the National Hip Hop Political Convention. Oh, I hey. think that's where we actually have met. I, I was I was part of the Nylock crew. Why are you? Yeah. What? Yeah, I Jeremiah. That. I didn't realize Yeah, that. Orlando Green. Yeah. Orlando Green. God, dog. We definitely met. You're in Orlando Green. Calvin. But like, like, yeah, people, somebody, the National Political Hip Hop Convention don't get enough respect. I, I, I mean, you don't get, you're not going to get an argument for me. With all, it's just like all that, shenanigans aside, because it was some shenanigans. Okay. But I'm just saying, oh I mean, there's going to always be shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a word. That's a you just preached a whole month <laughs> worth of sermons right hey, there. My, my question: Do any of y'all still have any of the emails from the listserv? <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> no, I got I got well, receipts. Yeah, hey, but some of those were also manifestos that were. Yes, just they like, were. No, yes, they knowledge, were. Knowledge, yeah, and and, and the thing is that like it be, and so this is when you know you get old. You see somebody who they just discovered something you've been working on for twenty years. Don't get and you me started, like, please. <laughs> you just be like, oh baby, <laughs> you know about abolition. Look at you. <laughs> 
<laughs> now you read my life. Okay. Ah! Oh, I Now you want to be a cultural me. strategist, do you? Yeah. This one, uh, listen. I had an organizer come to me talking about some, uh, you should really listen to this speech by Stokely Carmichael, but his name called me too, right? I was like, have you heard of him? <laughs> yeah, I was like, straight up. I didn't even have the heart to tell the baby. I didn't even have the heart to tell the baby. My I daddy. Was like, <laughs> How you spell it? That's my stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh boy! Don't oh, tell, don't lecture me on the man I got my name from. Please don't. Please. But yeah, don't. I was just like. Back but, to my question about how you see the world differently. Mm. Having I think I think part of it is uh, I haven't thought of it. it actually, I haven't thought of it that way. I mean, just kind of some general observations without, you know, having wrestled with the question is I find movement people boring. Mm, amen. Like, it's just and like they're this. they're not actually movement people. They're movement people in name. But yeah, like, like I find like, I like, like, some, like somebody who's in part their job is to turn out a base night after night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I just be like, y'all just not really just, y'all just want a club. <laughs> y'all don't want to move no work. Mm-mm. You don't want to be with no. the people. They don't. Right. And so I think one of the gifts uh, was been interesting to me is the way both art breaks through. Yes. Uh, um, and folks asking me, you know, are you gonna say, are you gonna bring your bands to the trainings? <laughs> like that that's not kind of how that works. No. I could, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, I've been trying to talk to you for a long time about how you integrate who you are as a musician yeah. and who you are as an actor. And in my mind, that's the most brilliant thing to do. I mean, no, I agree with you. It's just it's not like something, it's just been it's you know, practical. one has been no. such a crisis and questions of mobility mm-hmm, at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I find, but then also beyond the professional organizing class, mm-hmm. everyday people, interesting people, like these congregations I'm hanging out with, like mm-hmm. Holy Trinity Lutheran in um, Minneapolis, white congregation, feeding thousands of people mm-hmm. in the middle of where, in a neighborhood that lost three of four grocery stores during the uprising. Mm-hmm. Right, and feeding people and trying to manage that and do that the best way they can. Uh, I uh, uh, and then I'm here with this church, Valley and Mountain, out here in Seattle. Uh, you know, trying to organize clergy, build out this particular sector of the movement, which mm-hmm. movements tend to actually neglect. Yeah, the religious segment is that the religious. Yeah, they, they ignored mm-hmm. it, and so you know that's my lane. Mm-hmm. So I organize in that lane and try to put them in conversation with other activists or whatever. Uh, uh, so that's been interesting. And there's, uh, there's, there's been real interesting too. I, I think this, I was wondering, cause I've been really annoyed by this gentrification that white people do. Hmm. Right. I'm in progressive circles. So it's like, and it's like organizers I know and trust that I've worked with in the past. But you know, there's a well, you know, as a white person, I don't want to take up too much space. We got to center people of color and that kind of thing, which is all true. But at the same time, it's like in the but in the like in the in the community of musicians, 
right? I'm not talking about who gets famous. I'm not talking about record mm -hmm. label. It's talking about the community. If you can play some bitch, you can play. We don't mm -hmm. care. Mm -hmm. If you want a white, if you want somebody to tear a guitar up, you go get Luther Dickinson. Mm -hmm. that, ain't no like, ain't no debate about that. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no yeah. debate about whether or not Luther will play half most of these some bitches under the table. Mm -hmm. Right? Ain't no, and he's a white boy. And how does that translate to movement spaces for you? If a, you sometimes white folks might just know more about something than you do. Mm. Like they may just actually know, like around, you know, like legal strategies, what they did in the past, what happened at the WTO, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they might just ask, they may actually have something to like, you know what I'm saying? And that, that, that and so it, it becomes a fetidization of black leadership, which is inhumane. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, because mm -hmm. if you make if you make black people perfect creatures, they can never fail. It was one of the mistakes we made in Ferguson. Mm. That's really we never disciplined them. Mm. We were not in deep enough relationship to be able to discipline. Be like, no, I mean, I did it at my dinner table because you know I like to cuss yeah. young people out. Yeah, but in terms of just as a movement, we never did that. We never we overcorrected. Mm. Right. And so and so part of it is that is that so you can't fetishize black leadership. Yeah. Right. And I'm black and I know there's some incompetent Negroes out there mm. and I don't want them leading none. Right. And I'm not saying they ain't incompetent white people. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying in this here situation, mm -hmm. in some instances, we need white folks to move. And it's not just, and, I, and other pieces, I come out of a traditional organizing, right? When you think about, like, so I come out of black formation of all African people's revolutionary party. It was yeah. black people only, you know, but it just, and it was led and we had our line and all of that, but we was working with the Irish left, the Palestinian left. Mm -hmm. All of us were doing work together in a way and then we were in connection to each other's struggles. So it wasn't a struggle into some abstract thing, right? It was about, how are leftists trying to seize power in their own communities in such a way that we can have a di better distribution of resources? Hmm. Right. So it's not just about like, you know, so that's one. And then the thing is that with this, what I like about the uh, Afrofuturistic thing. <laughs> well, I like making fun of y'all. Um, we out here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like, you know what I'm saying? I like making fun of cosplayers. It just gives me joy <laughs> because I'm a bully. Uh, is, uh, is that um, what are the possibilities of, like, if, 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 right, like, like, because when I hear people talk about black liberation in this particular iteration, now it ain't the liberation that our parents and godparents talked no. about enough. Mm -mm. Right, but liberation is in this abstract, like, like black. I feel like oftentimes the neoliberal option is the option, and so mm. basically what they mean is trans for a trans person having the same power to do the same fucked up shit as white men. That's right. And that ain't no. It's a, that that, that, that's right. That, that, right, like so. So how how are we like? creating new opportunities and new spaces and new modalities and mo new modes of being, mm -hmm. right? And then the uh, last piece is that white people often still sit at the center of it. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Whiteness, this obsession with whiteness, whiteness this, and that's white and turning right. in a receipt is white supremacy. Right. Lord have mercy. 
<clears throat> you know, that's 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 white being on time. Mm-hmm. And it's just like sometimes you need to be on time. Mm. Right. Right. Like so like so like so this, this whole right the white people. If you pull white people out, the project falls. And I I begin. With the genius of my own people. Mm. Don't tell me black poor people ain't organized. Mm. You ever been to a black communion service? Mm-hmm. In a black church where they run it with military precision, or how old how women in the South send their babies to college? They get together and cook dinners and and sew dresses and put something together, and they're gonna send that baby to college. And once a month, uh, the 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 youth pastor or the old lady in the church put together the care package for all the kids in college. Right. Don't tell me we're not organized. There's a genius there, but because many organizers don't come out of that that they're not in deep relationship mm-hmm. with black communities, it makes some of the organizing ring hollow to me. Mm-hmm. And so being a musician has shown me uh, what it takes to turn people out, what it takes to be in relationship with people, and then uh, uh, that if you speak to the people's needs, the people will respond. We've had this conversation, right, in the industry, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I can be, we, we're we always in a show. I can look and see who the music industry people are. That's right. Because they watch over. Every they time, like, you can just point them out. Every I, time. They be like, cause, and particularly in our shows, they confused. That's right. Is this jumping around and hollering and moaning mm-hmm. and gyrating? And, Straight up Holy Ghost up in your shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they like and people like that. <laughs> they they be confused. Yeah. Right. So, but if you build, but if you build, but but given the fact that we live in a country where about eighty percent of the people say that they Christian, seventy five yeah. percent of them believe they are in an intimate relationship with God. Yeah. How you not gonna speak to that? Mm-hmm. You gonna beat that out of them? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's some power there for us. And some resources. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. and yeah. That, and that's what I mean by power. That's what I mean. There's, there's some existential weaponry about, you know what I mean? How I, I am curious about how some me, some maids and janitors walked for over 362 days in the right. heart of the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. When Montgomery the capital. Montgomery's the capital, yeah, yeah. And, and I've been there during the summer. And it's not I'm cool. Saying, and they walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What and they good clothes, they, and they good shoes. You know what I'm saying? What weaponry they pull it on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where they go get filled up? Because mm-hmm. I want some of that. Mm. You know, yeah. right? And so I think that, 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 so that's, the assessment that I have in terms of making the kind of difference is that like, there's something the way music connects people. And then the other piece is, you know, I think part of it, I, and it might be what my limited skill said that is that part of it is also, I'm just working my sector. That's right. That's I see myself as part do. of an ecology movement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the particular sector. We're going to work it. We're going to build this base out. We're going to be able to move them or whatever. And that this is, I'm, I'm actually building a base. Yeah. Right. We've trained 11,000 throughout the country. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And each city, there's a part of those folks that we're in relationship with and building them out and checking on them and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. 
So I'm interested in base building. Uh, and, I, and I'm concerned that a lot of, particularly one of the critiques I have with the Juneteenth stuff uh, is that how, what, like it was slick, it was clean, mm-hmm. it was right, it was nice, marketed, messaging, great. You could tell some pros, a communication agency was behind mm-hmm. it. But is it largely performative without it, like policy demands? Like, and I mean, like now, like mm-hmm. no evictions. That's right. We need universal health care now. Now. Right. Like you can take some, we're going to tell you what you can do with some of that money. Mm-hmm. Right. Ain't nobody getting evicted. Right. That, that we can be, those are concrete demands. But I wonder down in my soul. <laughs> That if you got health care and you ain't got to worry about your rent, you don't understand that it's a political demand, even though you're claiming radicality. Mm. Mm. So, Professor Organizing Class, we got insurance. Mm-hmm. Our rent going to be paid. Mm-hmm. But the masses of our people. And so why isn't that an obvious political demand? Because maybe we don't have that problem. And yeah, people are constructing the demand. Yeah, and we're not in proximity of people who have that problem. So, but it's still, I still think it's important, but it is insufficient. Mm. And those are not mutually exclusive. I love that important but insufficient. Mm. It's beautiful. Mm. We, um, thank you for all that. We, we uh, need to wrap up, but before we go, I really do want, want to hear a couple sentences about um and calvin would never forgive me if we don't have this conversation but tell us what's going on in seattle <laughs> so i uh enough room for us all to come in um so Taz was the space taken over uh that was around the third precinct when the police withdrew and so it's about a six block kind of come in, go down, there's a field, there's a soccer field, and then there's a little garden behind it. They've started a garden, they're feeding people every day. Um, You know, of course, people selling t-shirts, like there's food, a hot dog vendor, there's a restaurant that is set up as a uh, medic station, there's Mm. clergy there doing, um, uh, you know, like, groups of clergy from Unitarians and uh, to rabbis, to pastors of various uh, Christian denominations, meeting and talking with people. Mm. Um, and it's quite, I'm more interested in the fascination of it. Mm. I mean, not the fascination, the possibility of it, what it means uh-huh. as a possibility. Uh-huh. Right. So I know it's going to be fraud. I know it's not going to stand. I just got a text from someone saying that uh, some right wing group is going to, gonna come with arms to take it over july 4th oh man uh and so i mean so i'm so it is right so that you know um and you know it's got all the contradictions of humanity in it but it's a beautiful possibility of trying to imagine a world that policing does not control they got their own internal security system excuse me they have their own internal security system, you know. So it's interesting. The city came and set up these big 
blocks as a way to throw uh, f- uh, traffic, mm-hmm. flow to big so that people can, uh, so um, medical emergency vehicles can get in and out. The challenge is those also can be used to, uh, as kind of cages during protesting. Like it looked like those cages. Yeah, keep you from expanding. Free, the free zone from yeah. expanding. For the corralling yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do corralling. That's Taking what you over can another do. two blocks. Yeah. And so it, it just feels weird um, in that sense. And, <coughs> excuse Bless me. You. And, um, but it's a beautiful, you know, like I was saying earlier, our friend uh, Lucila Corinna's description of it as the resurrected body or wounded hands. Mm. You can still see the wounds in her body. Uh, theologically, I like kind of describe it as a tracomic eschaton, right? It's both tragic and comic uh, possibilities of what the what the end gonna look like. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we did a training there Friday in about 120. Uh, I, did, I did a militant nonviolence with disobedience with about 120 church types. A clergy as well as lay folks and non-religious folks and we're running one monday wednesday and friday and, and thursday of this week i'll be back mm-hmm. down there uh but you know we are, there are some concerns about security there's a of course about us being there but you know i made my peace with that a long time ago mm-hmm. um uh uh and so um you know we're gonna do the trainers and do what we do and uh i hope the holy ghost have its way Mm. There it is. Mm. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you. This you was fun. You Thank do. you, Rev. Yeah. Thank you for changing my life. <laughs> right back at you. Taking me down this road here. <laughs> road. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, Kevin. I'm sitting here just. Just taking notes, imagining what's possible for for imagining Oakland. What's possible, and uh, can't wait to share some of those stories and also uh, author it mm. uh, in, in 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 the here and now. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So this is this has been a fun episode of the Big Week. This has been a good one. This might be my new favorite. <laughs> right? Yeah, this might be my new favorite until my next crush comes on. So. We'll- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Seiku, I just want to um, I want to um, commend you for getting through a whole episode without telling any crazy stories about me. Thank you so much. Oh no, no, we gotta go. All right. So <laughs> thanks for joining the big we. I want to change we- my last pop three. <laughs> <laughs> Let me well, tell you this one, Kevin. So okay. Okay, that's enough. All right. All right. <laughs> and good night. Woo. Let me tell right. you something. This and dude see. Was to talk uh, this, no, this is over. This, this episode's over. <laughs> All right, but I still want to hear the story. <laughs> you, y'all can hear it on the after show, maybe. No. Okay. So this dude, right. this dude is trying to talk to Anasa, right? We in uh, 